0: Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the University of Michigan SHIP chapters podcast series. This is your host, Gabriella, and I am super excited to kick off our first episode today entitled Life After Graduation. Today, we will be talking with a University of Michigan SHIP alumni and discussing what their life has been like post-graduation. Let's welcome our first alumni on the podcast, Andrea Vallenilla. Andrea graduated in May, 2022, majoring in electrical engineering and minoring in business. She's currently working at Texas Instruments in Clocks and Timing Solutions as an applications engineer rotator. How are you doing Andrea? I am very good. To be quite honest, a little bit tired. Work has been
1: something <laughs> as of lately. How about you?
0: I'm doing good. Just um, trying to get through midterms here at the university at the moment. Where are you calling from? I'm currently located in Mountain View, California. Oh, wow. How's that going? How's the weather? Actually, so funnily
1: enough, the weather of the past few days has been horrible, Um, which is funny because in California, we never get bad weather um, or burly ever. Um, but yeah yesterday there was a windstorm we actually lost electricity and today it was cloudy
0: for god's sakes, imagine
1: <laughs> wow <that's laughs> to crazy. Michigan, it's crazy cloudy <laughs> all the time
0: no michigan's um, currently undergoing a storm as well so pretty oh, wow. bad, yeah pretty bad situations either way <laughs> no but sounds like a long day of work yep um yeah so i'm just working
1: on getting this automation done for our lab this lab test that I need to get data for to then fix an issue with one of our parts. But um, one of our chips, basically the TI or Texas Instruments Designs. So been a lot of lab work and coding, which are not my favorite things, but it's part of the job at
0: times. <laughs> no, that's, that's exciting to hear about. I mean, we'll get more into questions about professional life pretty soon, but I'm definitely going to ask you a little bit more about that. Um, I guess to get started off, started off with the questions that we have, Um, one of the first things I'm wondering is thinking back to when you were an upperclassman at the university, how are you feeling? Were you nervous about the future or did you already have plans for post-graduation? So I did have plans for post-graduation.
1: Actually, with all of my senior year, I went through it with an offer at hand, so I never had to recruit, interview, not, nothing like that, um, which I did on purpose so I could enjoy my last Um, year at college. Um, To answer your question, your first question, I wasn't nervous, honestly. I was mostly excited. Um, And especially towards the end of my second semester, I was a little bit ready to go. Um, I think college life had, I had lived the college life that I wanted and I was ready to move on and do the the new thing. Um, I was mostly nervous, I would say a week before moving out here to California. Um, that for sure hit me a little bit. I had a little few breakdowns, etc. But, um, but yeah, I think overall to answer your question, I was never nervous in terms of will I get a job because I already had one. Um, even before starting my senior year, I I accepted my a full time from my internship with Texas Instruments. So, yeah,
0: that's really impressive to already have it since before your senior year. That's a huge wow, huge wow for, for me. (laughs) How what made that possible? Did you attend like the SHIP conference or um maybe the career for at the university? What allowed you to have that opportunity beforehand?
1: Yeah, so the internship, um, to to I guess answer it in two ways. The first way is how did I get my internship? Mm-hmm. So I was a professional chair with the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, um, University of Michigan as a sophomore, as a junior, sorry. Oh wow. As a junior. Okay.
0: Yes. So
1: um, for those of you that don't know, professional chair, it's a role that takes a lot of time during the summer. And you start talking to recruiters to bring them to campus over the summer. So I asked my vice president of corporate affairs at the time to see if I could be I could handle Texas Instruments because I knew Texas Instruments was one of them that my interested or companies I was interested in. And then he said yes. So then I started emailing back and forth with a recruiter which was a contact with the U of M, which I think helped. Um, and then I also attended career for and, and corporate mixer and visited a TI at both times, which kind of showed my name a lot. Um, Chandler, which is a, a recruiter already knew me, but Don who's um, an engineer and actually one who has a pool and people getting in um, also, you know, kind of like put my name out there. So he sees me as well. So I, what happened after that is TI, I think a week before starting classes or two weeks before starting classes on my junior year, so this was two years, two and a half years ago, wow. um, they rolled out an event which was called Learn About the Job, and they told you to sign up, so I attended, and in the events, basically what you do is you just show up, you learn about the different... T.I. calls it functions or roles that you can you can be in T.I., and then you submit your resume when you basically submit your application or not application, but registration, I guess, for the event. So after that, I received back a interview offer, um, which they told us, like, submit your resume by then, you know, get back an interview offer. It's kind of crazy, side note, because I haven't remembered this in so long. Uh-huh. I haven't really <laughs> had to go over this in so long. It's crazy that I'm now working here full time. So going back to the story, yeah. So then I went through, actually, that happened. Then I went to career, corporate mixer and career fair. That's when I kind of showed my face more. Mm-hmm. And then I... And you already had my interview coming up. So my questions that I was asking Career for and Mixer were how can I prep for the interview? Any tips you can give me? Any questions that I can should know, can I know in advance? Like I straight up, you know, asked them that, mm-hmm. which is what my my upper or my mentors like suggested at the time. Okay. So I prepped for the interview, you know, reviewed a lot of electrical engineering, you know, circuits and things like that. Went into the interview. I thought I bumped the interview, but my first interview was in fact Don, who was the one that the person I've been talking to actually for the past few years, but he's always gone to the Michigan events. And I made sure to show my face to that, those like last few days for a career Mm -hmm. for a corporate mixer. So I thought I bumped the interview. I actually don't know if I did or not, but I got uh, called that for a second interview um, two days later. And I had my second interview with another person and that one I thought I did better but I you know I still felt not as good and then I think a week later I got my offer Um, oh wow so that's I guess how I got the the option for the interview or sorry the internship Mm -hmm. um and then yeah I think I finalized my internship offer around December I think so I already had that I kind of did that um so it was through Shep because Shep found out about this event but it wasn't necessarily uh like a conference or anything like okay. that like i had gotten a few of my other opportunities for my internship for junior year but so um, the whole process and then of course that converted the whole
0: time. so the whole process like go ahead from like june when you were like speaking with the companies all the way up until like december what do you say or to directly
1: answer your question the process went from uh mid-august up until
0: mid-november okay okay
1: that What's was a this- direct answer now I had been talking to TI for since freshman year actually oh wow showed up to their booth and kind of showed my face and talked to them sophomore year I actually got into their one-week program to the prep for an internship which I didn't do Um, I mm-hmm. declined but because I got an internship which I mm-hmm. you know preferred but then yeah so I think I had like how do you say that it's like Sofrito. So, like you start, like the base, you add okay. like the onion, little and the by peppers, little, so, like, <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. like building oh, it up, little by and little. And I added uh-huh. like the beat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's kind of how it went with TI. And then, well, again, that full time, I got it from my performance within my internship.
0: How many internships did you have before that internship with TI? Did you have one every before, year?
1: The internships is strictly just one.
0: Yeah. So I had one after sophomore year
1: and after junior year, and then my full time when I graduated.
0: Okay. That's that's very impressive either way to have I mean, already the fact that you had I'm assuming your senior year was a lot more relaxing, hopefully, since you were able to have that in that full time job secured <laughs> ahead of time.
1: Yeah, I I purposely did that, yeah, because I wanted to have a more relaxed senior year.
0: Oh wow. And it it also shows I guess how rewarding it was that you were present with TI because you mentioned it was like since freshman year and maybe I think some people you might not realize how impactful it is to actually like just show up at the career fair every time that they come right
1: yeah that's something that when I was a freshman um, I wasn't too involved in SHEP I think I only went to two events but one of the things that everyone told me was if you want to get an internship, because I wanted an internship freshman year. Okay. Um, but I didn't, I didn't get one. I ended up doing something else, which I'm actually really glad I didn't get an internship. <laughs> um, th- that's a side note. Um, but yeah, all the upperclassmen were telling me, Andrea, go to corporate mixer, start talking to companies. You might not get anything, but it's good to just start getting an idea of what it's like to talk to a company, being under that pressure, mm-hmm. um, showing your face. Also known that many freshmen showed up. So you will give them a, fresher view basically so um texas and when i showed up everyone was telling me oh texas instruments they are the best company to work for as an electrical engineer and i was like calculators really (laughs) um for those of you that don't know texas Instruments is a huge manufacturer of semiconductors and chips so if you think of tesla apple microsoft hp anything basically northrop grumman spacex all those companies use our chips to do their technology so that's mainly what Texas Instruments does, not calculators. But again, my freshman mind thinking, oh my God, calculators? Okay. So I showed up, embarrassed myself, and told them, oh, I want to build calculators for you guys. Oh my gosh. And they're like, not, we do more than that. Yeah, we do way more than that. Here's a pamphlet. I'm like, okay. Um, so then, sophomore year, I researched them a little bit more. I understood a little bit more of what they did. And then I showed up. And that's when I got this one week offer because ti doesn't hire interns sophomore interns are very unlikely to hire sophomore oh, interns okay um but they they do this one week program to train you for of basically a, an internship junior year okay so at this point chandler already had seen my face don had already seen my face which again those are the two main recruiters for ti yeah. for michigan at the time mm-hmm. and then junior year everything was you know virtual but by being professional chair i was in contact with chandler a lot so i exchanged I would say at least 10 to 15 emails with Chandler. So he she knew my name, she knew my professionalism, um, my how I worked, right? Cause like I, I kept talking to her about this different events that Shep was doing, SHEP UM. Um, and of course I think that, that of course helped. And then at the end of the day, of course my my resume probably helped and everything adds yeah. but that's kind of what I did to be able to then achieve, I think, my
0: yeah, my internship. That's, leading up to graduation, did you, how soon did you know that you wanted to go straight into industry? Because it sounds like you had been working on it a lot ahead of time, but how soon did that come to you?
1: You mean if I wanted to pursue a master's or something like that? Or yeah. deciding to work full-time?
0: Well, I guess, did you, how soon did you realize you wanted to go into the industry or did you think about master's, a master's degree? Did you think about traveling at any moment? Um, What were your thoughts? Oh,
1: Okay. So, yeah. So, um, that's several questions. So specifically, the industry semiconductor industry. Um, I wanted to go down in that one because I love circuits. That's my passion. And when I was a when I was a student, I thought the place that you would mainly work on circuit design, PCB design, things like, or work with with circuits with through a semiconductor company. And TI was, I think, the biggest company. In recruiting in Michigan, and also you had the chef connection. So I—that's I, what basically why I went down that route and how I defined TI and then that industry. Um, and of course, my internship solidified the fact that I love the company and it—it it, it really connects with my values and who I am as a person and how I work, etc. So that's the industry aspect. On the master's side, I considered doing a master's my junior year when I was a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, because i started learning or just because i thought it would be i don't really remember why i started considering it but point is i did and when i was an an intern in ti i really started considering it because i heard that if you wanted to be a designer for a chip company right so like Mm -hmm. like ti like your masters okay yeah so and i thought i wanted to design because i thought i liked circuit design Mm -hmm. um then what happened was that in my internship, I started learning what design does. My manager was actually an ex-designer, so she he showed me around. And then I realized that I didn't want to do design <laughs> as much. Um, So I was like, mm, probably a master's won't happen. But then okay. I took uh, my senior design class, was uh, designing a circuit, or not a circuit, a chip. That's and right. I hated it. I completely hated it. And wow. <laughs> a master's was basically more of that. So I was like... I am taking no, my thank you. I'm yeah, <laughs> doing a master's. yeah, um, because to do what I wanted to do, which was PCB design, mm-hmm. um, not really like chip chip design, you know, like where okay. the electrons move and how the MOSFET. You whatever, were more about the, the system, technology. okay? Yes, um, okay. which is what I'm doing as an applications engineer. I actually just finished designing a PCB.
0: Oh, two wow,
1: ago. <laughs> um, that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so then that's kind of my my track on masters. So you're your final question. Um, so TI, when they gave me an offer, they originally gave me a start date in June and I told them no. Okay. <laughs> that, that's the one thing I was able to negotiate actually was starting in September okay. because I really wanted the summer one to myself, right? And mm-hmm. how I see it is I'm, I'm going to maybe be working for the rest of my life. I have really no idea if that's going to be the case. I'm never going to get this long break anymore. So yeah. I want... App for myself, so that's why I requested a September start date, um, and they were able to give it to me. My manager approved it, um, so that was one of the reasons. The other reason is when I was a sophomore, I've always heard of this, like people going and backpacking solo trips, and I really wanted to do the one. Um, I love traveling. Um, you can kind of see it in the back. That's my travel wall. I call it. That's so it's like very the maps of the world and the U.S. and all of these different places I've been in the middle, um, but. I love traveling and I really wanted to do that when mm-hmm. I graduated. So I started saving up for a, from a sophomore and basically I, you know, collected enough to be able to do a solo trip um, for six weeks in Europe. Oh, wow. Uh, between my, It was really fun between That's... my graduation and my start date. So I had four full months of summer, which I do not regret at all. And I am actually four and a half
0: extremely happy I did. Oh, wow. Um, Where did you travel? Like what areas did you visit?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a long list. So <laughs> I'm also very um what's the word? I guess stubborn you can call it that. Okay. Um because I was like or oh in Spanish we call it like pata caliente. So like okay. you cannot stay in one place, you can't have to constantly move. Um and that was kind of my my vibes when I was traveling. So I mainly did you can think of it as Central Europe. So mm-hmm. I really wanted to go to Barcelona and Rome Rome um so what I did is I found the cheapest ticket flying into Europe so into Lisbon I then flew into Barcelona then flew into Rome and then I started taking a train for the next month on my trip yeah and um I trained from Rome all the way up to Berlin so I basically went north like yeah north so like Italy Slovenia Austria and then or sorry yeah Slovenia Austria Czech Republic down through germany from berlin to munich and then i went west towards switzerland and then ended in southeast france that's a lot
0: it's a lot (laughs) yeah it was it was um, this was a completely independent trip right you were alone or i was alone alone for four
1: and a half weeks three and a half weeks okay so i arrived so Okay. Yeah. So I only had two days with my co- my freshman college roommate. She joined me in Rome for two days. And my sister joined me for the last week out of the okay. six weeks. Oh
0: wow. But
1: in Lisbon, I stayed with, because I, I studied abroad. So I had a friend in Lisbon. So I stayed with him for the two days I was in Lisbon. And then in Barcelona, my mom's friend lives there. So I stayed with her. Okay. But I traveled by myself. I just stayed in their places.
0: Oh, okay. Um, okay.
1: So it was still very independent, but yeah. it was different because like staying in a hostel sharing a room with complete randos yes um which is what i did for the after barcelona for the next three and a half weeks and then when my sister arrived we stayed in hostels together so it wasn't complete Not randos because sure. i knew my sister yeah
0: <laughs> but no i think it's still a long it's a very long period of time i mean a really nice travel time and to think that you were able to negotiate it what keeping that in mind what kind of advice would you give to students graduating? graduating soon that um I guess would like to get that sort of negotiation with a company as well
1: so I am the worst at negotiation okay. right off the bat um I think for me it's not really a negotiation it's it's either this or nothing okay <laughs> so um how I did that with them was oh they, they told me they told me my entire you know um package okay and I they told me a June start date and I knew from my internship, my coworker from my internship had requested a September start date. Mm-hmm. And I knew that was possible and I knew like they, they could do it. So what I did was that it was two reasons. First off, I told them, I want to start in September because I really want to do this trip. And I've been wanting to do it since I'm a sophomore. It needs to happen. Okay. So make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> the other one I told them too was, um i potentially needed surgery um in my hip mm-hmm. i ended up not needing it actually but okay i potentially did it so and for me to my trip and surgery i also needed the september start date. like june was going to be too packed and it would just be better if they could give me the september start date. so they ended up giving it to me well they they talked let me talk to your manager and see and then we'll go from there and that's what ended up happening and my manager approved so on that note something that I've noticed too, also working now full time, understanding TI as a company and also seeing other companies from my fellow, like people, my friends who graduated with me too. Mm -hmm. It's also very company dependent, right? So a huge thing at TI, which I don't know how common it is among other companies, but a huge, huge thing that I've constantly seen at TI is that they want to make you happy. And when they want to give you, if they can give you what you want, they'll do it. So that's kind of what happened with me, right? Like if September wasn't too complicated for them, like June versus September. Let's just give it to her because we want to keep her happy and we want to give her what she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also something that I've noticed throughout my career with them so far, the past five months, and even in my internship. So it's also, again, company dependent, right? Um, In general, though, right off the bat, what I'll say, something I tried negotiating my salary and my relocation bonus, and I was not successful. But what I do think, again, I did not do a good job at all. But what I do think is if you want to get an increase in anything when it it comes to money, um, I highly recommend you get a competing offer Um, because that's the first thing that they asked me. They asked me if I had one and I told them no. So of course they knew I was probably going to accept their offer without it being increased. Um, And again, that's also company dependent. Something that they told me is like, we want to, make starting salary for all ti employees fair or or you know equal yeah so that was also a huge thing i don't know if they would have even if i had a competing offer so again it's also very company dependent um but i know my friends who i know friends that that have negotiated and sometimes they're saying like oh fine i'll do an earlier start date but you have to increase my salary by this much or i have this competing offer what can you do to help me or like oh like can you please give me this benefit or things like that
0: okay um
1: but I do think a competing offer is probably the best thing you can have to really negotiate anything
0: and I'm assuming you started the negotiation for both the the negotiation to both see if you can get paid more and also your start date how early would you recommend I'm assuming you should start negotiating that right when you accept before you accept um what do you think
1: so that i think one i would think 100% before you accept okay um generally they give you like a two well i got a 6 week decision timeline or i think a, a month decision timeline generally you get at least 2 weeks i think well actually company dependent but i think 2 weeks i would say is the norm from what i remember um you want to do it before cuz what happens is after you accept you generally sign a contract when you accept and if you're signing a contract you're telling them yes i'm okay with you paying me this or you giving me this benefit yeah. or whatever it is. So then why would they change it if you already signed that? So okay. that's where I would be worried. I I mean, I'm sure some companies would yeah. change it, but that's just something to keep in mind. Um, something else, another mistake I made when I was negotiating, I really did not do the best job, but was um, I asked them for changes like four weeks before my offer, my acceptance date was due, like it was okay. coming up. So then that, of course, didn't give me t- time to really talk to them, see and figure out what I could do with, you know, the offer. Mm-hmm. So I would suggest maybe starting like a week in advance, in two weeks, like if you have a four week period, maybe start two weeks in advance. If you have a two week period, maybe start a week in advance. So that's what I would do. I would recommend to not do um negotiations as soon as you, okay. actually, I don't know, but I think it's also good to just like research, right, what yeah. you're getting paid and, Compare and then see what that industry offers in that location, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, that's what I would recommend. That's what I would probably would have done. um But unless you for sure know, like for instance, you already have an offer and you already know they're giving you more, and like for the other offers, for sure is better. Maybe you can negotiate right off the yeah. Then that's what I did. For instance, with my starting like starting day, I as soon as they told me my offer, I was like, I want right to away.
0: That. Okay. Yeah. Did you get any mentorship in that? Uh- both nego- any negotiations you were making um, and before you even had to decide. Um, yeah, leading up to the point of, I guess, did you did you have any mentorship during the time that you received that offer since you got it so early in advance and then during the time that you were negotiating your start day?
1: Mentorship for negotiating the offer in general, yes. you mean?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Um... No, not directly. I guess I would ask questions here and there in my internship. Like, for instance, I asked my coworker, we were talking about him starting and he told me about September. That's something I kept in my mind.
0: So okay. I knew that.
1: Um, when it came to salary negotiation, I didn't really seek for much because I honestly was not expecting the amount I got mm-hmm. Um, for my starting salary just cuz it was also very exciting you know okay. from no yeah. you're making money and also you know a california salary is significantly higher than you know a michigan salary to put it that okay. way <laughs> um so i already got excited and I, I knew with and then i had my cousin lives out here in the bay okay the bay area um so he was telling me I talked to him and he was telling me that with the salary that I had, I could leave, live comfortably, not super comfortably, but comfortably. And honestly, I was just happy with that. And I hate negotiation. So <laughs> I wanted to avoid it. Um, but he did tell me that I could potentially try to negotiate the price. And he told me, if you, which for instance, for me wouldn't work because I had to accept four days later, but it's like, okay. if, you if you give me an extra X amount more, I will sign the offer right now that's
0: something you i can, see okay um, so
1: that it depends with companies right or you can yeah you can say okay so for instance as something i i told my my hr person too is like if you find like gaps in the in the contract so for instance something i noticed i was getting i knew someone else who had graduated from michigan too who had gotten the same relocation bonus we were both from florida and he was going to texas and i was coming to california from florida that's a significantly different yes distance. so of course it was going to be more expensive no matter what mm-hmm. and also the tax that's pre-tax so the okay. taxes in texas versus the taxes in california were significantly different yet we were both getting paid the same amount of money for relocation i see um so i brought that up and they told me no we want all our employers to be equal which at least I, that, that still didn't make sense to me but yeah i didn't want to find it because i was happy with my offer and i didn't want to recruit and i knew i wanted ti so i was mm-hmm. just kind of like it's fine but for yeah. instance those are things you can bring up um, and you can also again make the choice later, right? Like for instance, mm-hmm. I noticed it still didn't make sense, but I still took it because that's what I wanted. Okay. Um. Yeah. So and then yeah, from my I, but I yeah the mentorship I got was mainly from my cousin. What happened is after, after I got declined my negotiation, I talked to my dad. He's one of my biggest supporters in terms of also professional development and stuff. Okay. And he was telling me why didn't why didn't you tell them you had because I was talking to another company. Kind of at the time, um, just like very starting off. And he told me like, why didn't you tell him you were talking to someone else? And I was like, I could have, but I didn't. So those those are things that you can also bring up and potentially pull the ball in your direction. Um, uh, but yes, to answer your question, my cousin and my dad mainly. And that's, ask him here and there.
0: No, that's some co-work. That's really interesting. I mean, it's it's really nice to hear that you were able to have that family support and um just also I think people It'll be a lot of good advice for the people listening to this podcast and watching the YouTube um, video to kind of keep in mind little details like say that you're speaking with companies, um, even if it's not like in depth with them. um, But that is something that could definitely make a difference. So I guess another some of the other questions I had for you, Andrea, were. I know you mentioned a little bit that you were very interested in like systems designing within circuits. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about your current job? Is that something that you do on a day-to-day basis? What is it like?
1: Yeah, so my current job, that's a really good question. What do I do on a day-to-day basis? Okay, so to give a summary of what my role is, what it entails, the goal, the role of an applications engineer is to support, it's to do customer support, right? And every time I've told that to people, they always think I'm the person answering phones okay. and telling them how the calculators work or don't work, which is not the case at all. Um, so m- the customer support I do is supporting engineers to make our devices be able to be integrated into their device. or try to sell our parts to engineers as well. I'm not directly selling the parts, but I give the support to the customer answering questions and based on my support and how good it is, and if I answer that question, it tends to lead to them buying our parts. Okay. So another role or another title for application engineer, you can call it basically the master of the part or the problem solver of the part. So any problems that come up with the part, you're the one that solves it. Specifically, I work with clocks and timing solutions, as you mentioned earlier. So the parts that I work with are the clocks, the things that are clocking the system, mainly a digital system to map different systems together. So for instance, within a, let's say a, the brain of an autonomous vehicle. Right, you have analog to digital converters, you have digital to analog converters, you have an FPGA doing all their processing, you have ASICs, you have ethernet cards, or not ethernet, sorry, you may have ethernet, but you have um, data center card style things. You have all, you have all these different things. And to you have all these different components, all of them, they have to be basically be up. So when you process a signal and you, it, it comes in and it has to end basically at the same time. You can think of it okay. that way. I am the person that gives you the tiny chip that is able to make sure all those devices communicate
0: properly. Okay.
1: Or that the op- of devices, or you give them a frequency to those devices that so they can operate at the frequency that they need because a clock is also needed to measure data. So basically at every rising edge, right? Or at every one you, you get from the clock you, you gather data so that's basically the, the product I support what I do is any questions that come I don't know how to use this clock what what clock should I use for this application I'm trying to sync up my my, my this two different external devices and it's not working why is it not working all those are the different type of questions um, I answer so yeah so then that's like the main bulk of it um, mm-hmm. The other way that you can answer customer supports is either through email engineer to engineer or e2e 2 e, e if anyone's ever used um our, our, our parts you probably used our e2e forum. so i'm one of the people who answer the questions and um we something we do called or collateral and evaluation modules collateral is basically something we called we call app notes which is basically a document explaining how our devices work, or how specific parts of our devices work, or answering a very common question that we always get from customers. That's the idea of app nodes. And we draft them, we gather the data, we run the experiments, all of that. The other part, which is the reason that I chose an applications engineer role, is evaluation modules or EVMs. And our EVMs are basically the PCB where our parts are. The PCB that contains our parts so someone, a customer can buy it and they can play with the parts and understand how the part works and its capabilities. So someone needs to design that PCB. Someone needs to document how that PCB works. Some, someone needs to test that PCB. Actually, I don't do the testing. That's validation. Yeah. But I design the PCB, the schematic, the layout. I make sure all communication is done properly. I make sure you know the right people are paid for all these processes of mm-hmm generating the PCB. I come up with the document that you see online for that PCB. Um, yeah, that explains how to use it. So that's my favorite part is doing, well, that's what I thought my favorite favorite part was, Okay, uh, which is design. And that's why I chose applications. However, the, my end goal is actually to become a systems engineer within my team, which as systems engineers, basically the, the product definer, so okay. what they do is they talk to customers they with from several different applications um that may need a specific type of clock in my case. And then I determine what the next product is gonna be. And then I oversee the process of it. Well, I with the help of a project manager oversee the process of it being delivered properly and you know all the people are doing what they're supposed to do, and the process, the chip passes all these tests and it's approved by management and all these different things. So I define the product and I see basically it's life um, okay. until it becomes available. So that's, that's what I want to go up to. And I chose applications role because as I mentioned, applications is the role that you learn the most in. You're the master okay. of the part. So the one that you learn most about the part, technical aspect of the part, how it works, why it works the way it does, the technical components. So for instance, I'm learning right now about phase lock loops or PLLs, okay. um, which is, is a part, a huge part of electrical engineering um, or a, a type of component within electrical engineering. Um, so yeah, yeah, so I'm learning about that. Um, and now I realized that a huge part of my job is learning. And okay. I absolutely adore learning and not the type of learning you do in college. It's the type of learning you do, at least in TI. I have no idea how it is in other companies. Okay. Um, but the really cool thing about TI is that you have this array of people, or even I call them tutors, to help you. You have like eight tutors for one person instead of eight oh, wow. tutors for one teacher. That's really good. Yeah, so it's really cool. Um, and then any question that I have, I go and ask someone. I just cross over, you know say, hello, good morning, yeah. Whoever, I don't understand this. And then they explain everything to me. And it's really cool because I can get the questions that I need answered, answered, and I can make my learning my own. Okay. Um, which is great because in college, they tell you what you need to learn. Here, they tell you what you need to learn, but you also determine what it is that you're missing to really fully understand the part and fully support the product properly. Okay. Um, so that's one of the things
0: that I love about my, my job. So I take it, quick question, I guess. Um, so you came into that position, the applications position, because you really like learning and it's where you can learn the most. Is, um, I guess, was that your, did you have the long-term goal? Start here so that I can be much more knowledgeable or much more um, in an area of expertise leading up to the systems engineer position?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um. So, yes. So, so I, there's two reasons why I joined the applications role. Okay. I don't like customer support. I don't like the lab. Okay. I didn't know how I was going to code, which is unfortunate, but that's okay, because I also don't <laughs> like coding. But I don't like the lab, and I don't like customer support. But I knew, not I knew, after my internship, I talked to at least two people, two different people a week um, that worked in different areas in TI and they told me that the best place to start a career if I want to get more technical was applications because think about it when you have a problem you go ask the person that knows about the problem yeah so the person needs to learn about the problem understand the problem and come up with a solution to teach you about the part and to be able to come up with a solution you need to understand the part and who does all of that in applications applications engineer so, Okay. So from those conversations, I realized, and well, not I realized, they told me too, but I also realized if I wanted to become more technical, I need to become an applications engineer. So that's one of the main, one of the reasons I joined applications. The other reason is I love, again, PCB design. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, which I'm realizing is not really the case, but one of the, the engineers that do a lot of PCB design is applications because they have to develop all these different EVMs. And again, I got to do one. I just finished one two weeks ago. Yeah. Um. For a, a product we're launching soon, so that's the second reason. And the third reason is when I was in my internship, I was scouting different roles to really understand which role I wanted to come full time. And everyone told me, make sure you define that. Be-. And again, this is this pro- it's probably this may be TI specific, but a lot of people, hiring management or that I kept meeting in my team and recruiters, etc., told me that I needed to define which role I wanted to go into before I received the full-time offer. Because after I receive a full-time offer, even before accepting that, what set in the offer, it's very hard to change. Wow, so what I did okay. is I started scouting different roles that I could do. And from the process, from that, um, I realized that I really wanted to be a systems engineer mm-hmm. because that's also one of my career goals or not career goals. My interests is I've always wanted to do product definition and I'm very interested in innovation, but not just what what pushes technology but creating things from scratch and okay. seeing a project develop and go from you know start to finish yeah and that's when I realized that's what systems engineer was but the thing is in TI you cannot become a systems engineer from a, as a new college grad okay you have to go into another function and then become a systems engineer my internship was in applications by the way so I already had that little bit of background oh, wow. in what applications okay. was. yeah <clears throat> yeah so that helped obviously Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I realized that systems, you also need to understand the parts well, because you need to define the parts. So you need to understand what you have and what you need to define new parts. So again, everyone told me too, that the best, this I found out through my internship and didn't know it made sense, but, um, the best role to become a system later on, is an applications engineer. So that's why I joined applications. So. I joined applications knowing that I wasn't going to like it, but I mm-hmm. knew that at the end of the day, it was going to give me the role that I wanted. Okay. Um, and to my surprise, I actually do enjoy their role a lot because uh. I realized that I love learning. And the place, the only place you learn That's as gracious. an NCG, sorry, by the way, NCG is a new college grad. Um, as a new college grad in TI, in an applications engineer role. Because I've talked to my friends who are in validation tests, product, marketing, I think those are the main other four functions in TI that you can come in after graduating. They don't understand the part as well as I do. Like for instance, I just submitted a proposal to give a presentation about Facebook loops to our field applications engineers who are the ones that know a lot about TI parts, but not about one specific part of TI. specific part, okay. So I am teaching them about our technology so they understand it and they can support their customers better. I see. Right. and you can only do that in applications because you you, you your role is well, also my manager. My role my first month was just learned.
0: I was like, wow.
1: gotcha, <laughs> I'll do that, you know?
0: How many job applications did you submit before? I mean, I guess at the same time that you were applying with Texas. So for Texas, you applied for the applications engineer position, only that one, right? Did you? Yeah. Okay. So then having applied there, how many other companies did you try applying with?
1: Yeah, so a little background on that. So how Texas Instruments does their internship program and then into a full-time um not, not transformation, transition is that if you perform in your internship good, you get an offer right away. You don't have to apply anywhere. Okay. Um, however, if you have specific requests, you do need to let your manager know, your internship manager know. And I think HR2 is probably not a bad idea. So they when they draft an offer or they, they talk to HR to give you a full-time offer, those requests that you're asking are displayed on the offer. However, I do know because I was considering going into a field applications engineer role. um, And I think I needed to interview with some people beforehand while I was in my internship because I was switching roles. Okay. But what I did, I didn't have to interview at all because I was with a team in Tucson, Arizona. That was my internship team. And I wanted to see in applications, but I wanted to be in California. I requested California as, an, as a location. And even though I'm in a different team than I was in my internship, I'm still within the same role. So they don't have to reinterview you because I'm assuming for different roles, you need different skills. Um, and because I was hired into an applications internship, I, I didn't need to be interviewed for an applications full-time, even though it was a different team. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, so... To answer your question though, I for my full time I didn't apply anywhere after I got TI. In fact, I got two offers to interview with actually two of my top companies as a freshman, and I declined them because I yeah. So things changed though throughout college. Those didn't. Those I'm glad I am where I am basically. Yeah. Um, but I declined them because my choice was I want to enjoy my senior year. I don't want to go through heinous or horrible processes of mm-hmm. intern interviews um so I decided to just stay with TI I was happy with TI and I stayed with TI mm-hmm. um but to get my internship while I was talking to TI I was talking to I would say at least seven companies and I had interviewed for at least seven companies I think including TI so okay. six other companies
0: um to get my internship Aside from the um, companies, okay, aside from the sorry? companies, aside from the companies you were interviewing with, so let's say around seven, how many other companies did you apply to? Online? Sure. Online or at the conference so, totality? So applied
1: online, well, I guess pre I honestly don't remember pre-conference how many companies I applied to probably all the top ones that I was interested in mm-hmm. because that's just something you should always do before conference you know apply to the companies you're interested in um apart from conference to be quite honest with you I don't think I ever applied to a job position online randomly okay. unless there was some pre like I went to an event and they told me to apply like for instance the Texas Instruments internship or I talked to them in career fair and told me to apply or I was going to conference and I was pre-applying to tell them oh I applied to this you should look me up you know, um, and this is my thing on it. I don't, uh-huh. I'm not saying this is something that people should do. It's just that I felt, even though I always, I, I knew I had a strong resume and people always told me, recruiters told me as well. I think freshman year, that's when I, when I applied, I don't remember, but I remember that I got no responses whatsoever online, but I went to conference sophomore year or even career fair and I got or even corporate mixer as a freshman and I got interview offers or I got email backs that maybe weren't in an interview but we're a step closer to an interview mm-hmm. when I interacted with them in person I've met people who I have actually one of my, my college roommates she applied online and that's how she got all her internships and her full well she actually got her full time from her last internship but I didn't do that it's just I think Again, I don't know if I don't know if, what was wrong with my resume because I'm assuming there's something had to be wrong if it never got pinged by the websites, but I'm also a very if you guys haven't noticed a very in person yeah. active, talkative, interaction person, and I think that's one of my biggest skills and a lot of a skill that a lot of engineers don't have. So I think I showcased that. Mm -hmm. in person always or even virtually right like this uh, that's what I mean you're doing great (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um but yeah so like this more in-person interaction I was always just better at it and I think people can always feed off my energy and when I'm trying to put my best foot out there that's the energy I'm giving out because again, because I was very successful when I came, when I went to conference in person, mm-hmm. and when I did conference, when I did car- like career first, and and it, even online, I was always very successful. Um, but whenever I randomly applied to someone who had no idea who I was and just saw a resume, I yeah. don't think I got a single response, a <laughs> single positive response.
0: No, it certainly from uh, a single one. I think I'm assuming it makes an incredible difference? I've heard personally, I guess, that um, I think I think there were a couple of recruiters that came to our campus to speak with our chapter, and they were mentioning that when they had that human-to-human connection in person, it was like all of a sudden, I mean, sure, they look at you as an applicant, but if they can all of a sudden look at you as a colleague, it greatly changes the vibes between um, both people. So I'm assuming it definitely had to make a big difference. <laughs> yeah i guess
1: to add to that comment i will also add i think a huge part of how i recruit and how i do things is i don't i never really did the elevator elevator pitch um i think it's a very good um like cheat sheet to start off right it's a really good thing to always have in the back of back pocket and pull it out but i always try to at least connect my experiences or my interests to the company so I could potentially form a conversation out of it. And now looking back at conference when I was a sophomore, which I think was probably my most successful time when I was recruiting, um, I made sure to connect. I researched the companies and I would make sure to connect either an interest or a skill set, ideally both, to what they were doing and what I was looking for. Um, and I think that's how I ended up getting. I was being again. I was one. I think if not the one of the most successful attendees. Um, in 2019 for the conference um, because that's the other thing you kind of mentioned it by you creating a conversation you're also keeping them engaged yeah. right it's not just this spit spitballing who you are and what you do because you're gonna get tired of it mm-hmm. you need to for instance like how I got my my interview with TI I'm sure it was because I even though it was emails back and forth between the recruiter and I just by that interaction, the recruiter could see my professionalism, could see my communication style, could see that I'm driving things for this org, right? Yeah. Um, and then I think we met once through video, and then that helped too, of course, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, that's just, that's my take on it. That was yeah. always my success, so I didn't really spend too much time applying online. I would rather spend more time researching a company before career fair. or if I knew there was an event of them coming up, then I would go. um, Yeah. I'm literally thinking now in conference for sophomore year. (laughs) I remember there was this one Qualcomm. I had no idea who they were. And they actually ended up becoming my top company when I was, when I was recruiting for my, for my internship, junior year. And there was this event, this VR event, and I was very interested in VR and I was working in, in an AR lab in michigan mm-hmm. and i showed up and i was just there and I, of course i also understood the lingo a little bit and the technology so i could ask better questions but i sat first row um i don't even know why i was not even like trying to you know get them to like me or anything i just sat first row and then i was asking them questions and at, at the end of it i went up to them to ask him one specific question because the the, the 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 event ended and the recruiter even asked me like can i ha- i want to see your resume you know oh wow um uh, Like I like like started talking to them. Just asked for it, you know. And I was like, Yeah, of course. And then I I gave it to her. And then she's like, Oh, we have this event. You should come to this. And I'm like, Yeah, of course. Just because from like the interest and forming this conversation, Mm -hmm. right? Um, again, that's how I was. I mean, this is something I I always joke around with my friends too. But I even I even once got a recruiter to just ask for my resume. From walking out from an interview, I was, I did really well and I was smiling and I was really happy. And the recruiter asked me, oh, that went well, didn't it? And I was like, you know what? Yes, it did. And then he's like, oh, like who was it? And then I started telling him and we started talking and then in two to three minutes of a conversation, he asked me for my resume and I got an interview out of it and almost an offer from it just from a smile, you know? So just also, I think that's why whenever I, I went on a side note, but whenever I recommend notes to people I highly recommend it's a huge part of personality and how you put yourself forward you know um
0: but yeah sorry long yeah. Response I think especially I don't apply online <laughs> uh, no yeah I guess I- I'm just thinking um because I've gone to the uh ship conference as well and also the corporate mixers and it also I'm just thinking also those are for the people that haven't been at conference or at the corporate mixers there's usually a lot of students there lined up so it's the recruiters are there all day all day just like looking at resumes one person after the other so definitely I mean if all of a sudden you come with a great personality lots of engagement it definitely has to like hook them in in one way or another yeah no well I guess um the last question I guess I'd have is: Do you have any words of advice um, for people preparing for life post graduation? I think we've we've talked about um, negotiations and um, maybe like interactions, following up with the companies. Um, but what what would be your last few words of advice?
1: Yes, so I think I have two, maybe three. Okay. Um the first one is I know when you first get an offer, um, money and you know, benefits and all of these different things that go into the offer are important, right? Now, of course they are, and trust me, salary is a huge thing when you're going full time to also be able to enjoy your life, live comfortably and do and you know, do the entertainment that you want to do. But I kind of mentioned it before, right? I, I had opportunities potentially to pursue interviews with this top companies that could have maybe given me better offers than what I got at TI, but I don't think I would have gotten the same experience that I have at TI because okay. at the end of the day, I mean, it helped that I interned with TI, but TI has the same values I do, mm-hmm. or they really do believe in the values that they, they put out. Um, and I mentioned it before, like TI is a company that they're willing to give you what you want. Okay. Right. And they want to, because to keep you happy, that means you're more productive. That means it's more revenue for them. That's your mm-hmm. logic. And I am not the only person that says this about TI. Like everyone that I've met at TI says this. Yeah, literally everyone. <laughs> but again, that's just a little shout out to TI. Um, what I'm trying to say with this is, even though it maybe it wasn't the highest paying job or anything, the company gives me work-life balance. It gives me a team that I love. It gives me a manager, that a great manager, right? Um, and opportunities to grow as well. So I think a huge tip is, yes, look at the offer, but also consider what your life will be when you're at that company, okay. right? It, are you yeah. someone that you want to work 12 hours? Are you willing to work 12 hours? Maybe you are for one company or for one project. Maybe you're not, right? Ask those questions. Try to not even directly ask those questions because you may not get the answers, but questions that could potentially give you the answers. Okay. Um, So that's something that I, I highly recommend, right? Like look past the numbers and more into what your quality of life will be. And if you want that quality of life, um, I guess now I'm thinking of several. Second one is don't be afraid to ask. For instance, a lot of people were shocked that I got a California offer after my internship or a September start that it need, because I wasn't afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. Same thing when I even started full time. Um, I currently even talk to my coworker about it sometimes is that she's not as vocal as I am and okay. she hasn't gotten what she's requested you know for instance like me going to dallas for my second rotation by the way um i'm going to Dallas for my second rotation which is not as common actually not at all for the rotation permanent but i did because i asked my manager if i could potentially relocate somewhere um because the worst that's going to happen is no you know they're not going to look bad on you they understand you're also human and i think that's a huge one like you know Speak up, right, and speak for for yourself, and be advocate for yourself, and also set limits, right. If you are not willing to work more than past five or six, right, or whatever it is, and set that clear expectation, right. Um, you know, like tell your manager who you're also a worker too. Yeah. So those are two things, and then I think my last thing, which I think is the most important one, okay, is that I think I I did hear, but I'm not sure if everyone really has. When you move states, which is my case, and you go to a completely new place that you don't really know people, or you may even know people, when you're starting a full-time job, something that I've realized, and I've also a lot of people, a lot of my friends have corroborated this, it's not like college. It's not like you reach college and you're in this freshman dorm filled with freshmen who want to be become friends, or even sophomores and juniors who are still looking to potentially change their friend group or find new people or whatever it is. Okay. When you reach full time, like your co-worker or your friend can be a 50-year-old. That is completely okay. valid, right? You're a 22-year-old. <laughs> yeah. In my case, 20, almost 24. But you, your co-worker could be 50 and you could love that co-worker, right? Your co-worker could have kids yeah. and you talk about their kids and that's normal, right? So then I'm saying this because you are joining an area with people with lives. So it's completely up to you to form a life in your new location right? You okay. can either do that completely through your job. A lot of jobs offer new employee networks that you can join and they host events and you can meet new people. But it's, again, it's up to you to form friends and form friendships and go out there and, and do your hobbies because now you have time to do hobbies. Shockingly, mm-hmm. trust me, I, there's something, brand new information for me. So I'm dealing with that right now. And it's like, okay, now I have to do all these things. What do I want to do? What do I want to prioritize? So I can also meet people with my same interests and also form a life here. So you have to be very, you have to be very much more proactive in creating friendships in a life than it is college. And I think that affects a lot of people when they move, um, which, and also the the limits aspect of things. I think a lot of people sometimes set limits and don't set limits. And then they think they have to work, work, work when that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that kind of swallows them and they're not able to create a, good life for themselves so i mean it's time for you to explore get to know you as a person as an independent right as as your own with your own money um doing your own thing in your own space um so i'm just kind of celebrate that and take advantage of that i think that's for sure my
0: my last piece of advice that's i think that's a really very beautiful piece of advice um yeah i i mean being in college i mean everything you're just i think everyone's always same age group and everyone's like it's like so easy to make friends or they just come out of nowhere but um especially the age difference that's um I think it's it should be common sense but it's not something that people generally I hadn't thought about it before I hadn't processed that before so but it's like yeah um no well thank you so much for that piece of advice um I really appreciate it. I know um, everyone that's viewing this is, especially the undergraduates, um, they're really going to be in awe about your advice. Um, I guess with that, we have reached the end of our conversation. But before we go, I'd like to thank Andrea again for um, being in our inaugural episode. You gave a lot of advice. You shared your story, and we loved hearing about that. For our listeners out there, um, if you have any requests for any future podcast topics, or um, this will also go on our YouTube, you can reach us at our SHIP eBoard uh, email, and you can also contact us at our LinkedIn. So for the SHIP eBoard, it is SHIP, S-H-P-E-U-O-F-M dot eBoard at com. Be sure to stay tuned for our next episodes. We will be releasing them every Monday um, and we'll be discussing with new graduate students. Next episode will be with graduate students and each episode will have a different alum. So until then, go blue and have a great day.